Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. This book is not good for you. Secret series by... Pseudonymous Bosch. Book number... I can never say it right. That's okay. You said it right. Book number... Two. I mean three. Sorry. And chapter... Four. Bloody chocolate. And page number... Fifty. That's right. Already? Yeah. Chapter four. What is it called? Blood chocolate. Okay. Blood. Ten minutes later, Cass and Max Ernest stood on the sideshow stage in front of a blackboard, drawing diagrams and writing down key points, just as if they were giving an oral report in school. Not that they'd ever work this hard on an actual oral project. They were so excited, they kept tripping over each other's words. Cass, we found out where the Midnight Sun's hiding. They're in, they're in the Cote, Cote de Livier. That's Ivory Coast in French. That's what they, that's what they speak there. They're on a chocolate, chocolate plantation. And the Cote de Livier is, west, is in West Africa. And that's where most of the cacao beans, the cocoa beans come from in the world. Although they're really cacao seeds. They have an orphanage. But we think it's actually a cover for chi- a child labor camp. Do you know how much chocolate is made in, with child labor? Almost half the chocolate you buy. How about that? Some people call it blood chocolate, which is like blood diamonds. Diamonds mined by slaves. And after all of this is over, I'm going to organize a chocolate boycott. Now, wait a minute. A chocolate boycott? The very idea makes me shudder. With your permission, I will skip their lecture about the so-called evils of the chocolate trade and move on to the next part of their presentation. I'm afraid I'm going to have to cut in the middle of a sentence, but I'm confident that you'll catch the drift. And here it is, concluded Cass. She stepped off of the stage and handed the magazine to Pietro. I agree this picture. It is not right. Thank you for sharing it with us, said the old magician studying the photo. And we, the reason Owen is going to Switzerland... It is because the Midnight Sun, mm, through the business, their business, the Midnight Sun Incor- Chocolate, in- Midnight Chocolate Incorporated, they are buying chocolate companies all over the world. And now we see the chocolate plantations too. So what are we going to do, asked Yo-Yoji. Should we go to Africa and investigate, asked, asked Cass. Absolutely. Cass lit up. That's great. When do we go? Pietro chuckled. He leaned back in his folding chair. Well, I was thinking of Owen. He will be halfway there already. Cass couldn't hide her disappointment. But what about us? And how would you explain her mother? Asked P- how would you explain to your mother? Asked Pietro. Then what we can? Then what can we do? There has to be something. Pietro smiled at the eager young Turkish member. With the midnight sun, there is never an act. There is never the accident. 
which is the interest. Why is the interest in the chocolate? Why have we been wondering and wondering? Is there perhaps a history of using chocolate in alchemy? Does it have to do something with the secret? Asked Master Max Ernest. The tent went quiet for a moment. Although the entire purpose of the Turkish society was preserve and protect the secret, the secret was seldom mentioned out loud. Everything they do, it has to do with the secret, Pietro said finally. Nothing matters to the Midnight Sun except immorality, and they think the secret will give it to them. That's why this chocolate business is so confusing. He stood, kicking his folding chair aside. What does the Midnight Sun want with chocolate? They never eat. They're like vampires. Is it for the money? But they have treasures going back for centuries. He gestured with his hands, expressing the depth of frustration. I do not understand what they are after. That Miss Mavius and Lucian? I mean, Dr. L. He spit out the name if it were dirty. If Pietro was especially emotional on the subject of Dr. L, everyone in the tent knew why. Dr. L was Pietro's twin brother, Luciano. He had been kidnapped by Miss Mavius as a young boy and raised by her partner, Oh, raised to be her partner. The hatred between Dr. L and Pietro was now as strong as their love once was. Ending his long silence, Mr. Wallace held up a file stuffed with the documents. Although it was an ex, it was accountable by day. Oh, he was an accountant by day. Mr. Wallace's true profession was that of the Turkish archivist. Whatever the midnight sun is doing with all of this chocolate, we think to, uh, the tuning fork is involved somehow. The tuning fork? You mean like music? Music, you're like your music instrument, asked Yoyoji? I have one at home. Mr. Wallace gave him a withering look. Not that kind of tuning fork. Something much older. It is a cooking utensil, but according to the legends of all of the alchemists, much, much more. He pulled a rumpled piece of paper out of the file and passed it around. It was an old drawing of two of two-pronged instrument that looked something like a musical tuning fork. If you know what a musical tuning fork looks like, but it was longer and more rough-hewn. With the tuning fork in his hand, a chef has the power to stir anything to taste to be any to taste like anything in the world. The wall miss uh, um said Mr. Wallace as the others examined the drawing. The food of the fork acts as the person's memory in a way that haunts him. And he wants it again and again. So what does it have to do with chocolate? said Mr. Wallace. Cass asked nervously. Mr. Wallace wasn't the easiest person to talk to. Well, I was getting to that if you'd only wait a moment. As the story goes, the tuning fork was forged by an Aztec sorcerer and was first used to stir chocolate for the Aztec emperor. You know, of course that chocolate came from the New World, and originally it served as only a drink. Yeah, we knew that, said Max Ernest, as if they'd known it for years and hadn't just read it on the internet the night before. The tuning fork, I thought, was the only myth said Pietro, but who knows, Mr. Wallace, he may be right this time. Unlike the usual, he laughed at his own joke. Cass and Max, Ernest, Yo-Yoji, I want you to learn what you can about this tuning fork. Is it real? Where is it? And let us hope that we can find it before the midnight sundew. Well, 
Where do you think that it might be? asked Max Ernest. Are there any clues? Not many, said Mr. Wallace. Supposedly, the fork traveled to Europe with a monk in the late 1500s. A, a loud, ill-timed telephone. Oh, it says, oh, oh my God, I'm a, I'm a ding-dong. I thought it said growl, like, er, it said ring. <laughs> a loud, ill-timed telephone. Ring stopped Mr. Wallace in the middle of his sentence. Her ears burning with embarrassment, Cass pulled her phone out of her pocket. You brought your cell phone with you to a Turkish society meeting? Mr. Wallace stared in a way that would be the strictest grade teacher run to give that would give the strictest grade teacher a run for her money. Never mind how rude that is. Think of the danger. It could be bugged. Uh, don't be so hard on the girl, said Pietro. Nobody has bugged her phone. It's my mom, said Cass sheepishly. I'm supposed to meet her outside right now. She thinks this is she thinks this is clown camp. Go on then, said Pietro. Answer. Miserable Cass clicked on the phone. Hello? Mel? No, no, don't get out of your car. It's all over and there's nothing to see. We aren't tightrope walking, I swear. Having a mother, even an adopted one, was terribly inconvenient when you're a member of a secret society. Perhaps Cass thought that she didn't want parents after all. <laughs> that That's interest, an interesting thought, huh? What if you didn't have parents? Have you ever thought about that? No? Is, wouldn't that be strange? Oh my gosh. What would you do if you didn't have parents? I don't know. Be sad and lonely? All you'd have is... The cats and the dogs. I know. Fish. Who would pick up all the poop? That is a lot of poop. A lot of poop responsibility for a little girl. <laughs> All right. See you on the next chapter. Bye. Say bye. Bye. <laughs>